Hello and welcome to a new segment of the Twist in Your Melon podcast. Um, and this segment, which we didn't have a name for yet, um, I'm going to be joined by Neil Renton, um, who was a great guest on the regular run, if you like, which hasn't been about, like, I've not done anything for ages on the podcast um, as at this time of recording. Um, but we had a great episode where Neil took us through his story. Um, and we've built up a wee bit of a, a friendship, Neil, would you say? Um, Definitely, yeah. Since, since Definitely. then. And uh, we kind of like our love for music um, is very much reciprocated. And uh, we came up with this idea of basically picking a list of albums, which we've just kind of handpicked um, of what kind of like albums that mean something to us or have yeah. had some sort of bearing on our life at some point. Um, so and I've just got a, a list. collection of collections. But yeah, yeah no, it's good. Exactly. So I've got a list and you've got a list and we've combined the list. Uh-huh. And on that list, there's songs, that, uh, songs, there's albums that you haven't listened to. And on your list, there's yep. albums that I haven't listened to. So we should hopefully get a good dynamic. There's going to be some like the one that we're doing in this episode and um, that we both listen to. Um, and I think mm. most people will have. But I think as the episodes go on, so hopefully we'll do this monthly hopefully um maybe get some other people on at points um to talk about specific albums um and the whole premise is that we listen to the album for a week and then we discuss so in our everyday life so whatever we're doing um we try to just kind of because I, I mean i don't know about you but i was listening to other music as well i wasn't listening like specifically mm-hmm. to um this album like every minute, every day, but this was the the, the main thing that I was listening to for for the last week, and mm-hmm. um, I was we, we basically made a decision to be really conscious about how the songs on the album and the album as a whole made us feel. So from yep. keeping the theme of the podcast, which is the mental health aspects of music, uh, and just kind of exploring the album, mm-hmm. how it made us feel in certain situations and moments and maybe draw back on the history with the album that either one of of us have had and Mm -hmm. the album that we decided to listen to for the first um, episode of this segment was The Killer's Hot Fuss which um, is an album that came out in 2016 um, obviously by The Killers uh, Was it 2016? It's 2016 according to Wikipedia anyway um, oh, it was 2016. Let me just watch it that because now you've got me doubt, <laughs> doubting it. 2004. 2004. It? Sorry, no, uh, I, you are 100% right. I was going to say that. It doesn't seem that long ago. 2004. <laughs> but the reason uh, why I got mixed up there was because um, I had a little um, look around the internet and I seen a, a quote from Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of The Killers, in 2016. Uh-huh. Uh, which is when I've got my notes mixed up there. So oh, thanks for keeping me. Cool. <laughs> right, Neil. <laughs> uh, and he basically said in 2016 that he couldn't be listening to the album um, because there's so much in it he doesn't like. But <laughs> I think that's, I thought that was quite interesting because I think for indie lovers, it's a massive de- debut album from, from any band for like in my lifetime anyway. Um, and I think it's considered one of the best de- de- debut albums um, from an indie yep. band, and it's it's got so many great songs in it, and like most oh, people have heard at least one song from that mm-hmm. album. Yeah. So, do do you know what a hot fuss means, Neil? I've no idea. Nah. Do you know what it does? What it means? Well. <laughs> I did I did a wee Google and according to uh-huh. Urban Dictionary, which is obviously like very factual. Yeah. Um apparently it means a no- a hot, noisy, long lasting orgasm. Is it? Apparently so. And I don't so I don't know if I don't know if the killers knew that or if if the name or, or if that act was given the name 
uh-huh. because of the album. Because in Urban Duction, it has ah. that description of a hot, noisy, long-lasting orgasm. And then it has a uh-huh. very graphic description of um, like what happens when the, the act of giving the woman the orgasm. And then uh-huh. it just says, an album by the killers. <laughs> like right after <laughs> it, just so, so blasé uh-huh. and matter-of-fact. I never knew that. I never so knew that. apparently, so you learn um, something every day. Yeah, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't verify a hundred percent. So no one quote us on that. Um, <laughs> if, if that was what the the meaning that the killers knew it <laughs> to be, and that's why they named it that. But I, like, if 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 you had to just guess, I would have just thought it's like got yourself in a bit of a fuss, and when you get in the fuss, you get Aye. a little bit hot, and it would just. Because they're like from Vegas and the desert and stuff like that as well. Aye. So I would have thought it'd be like for that. But I don't know what I would have thought. But I, I, it's just one of those things that like you, you you hear, but you never actually think about it. I never used to think about it. But now I'm not be able to think about anything else. <laughs> so cheers. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I don't know. Like actually thinking about the lyrics, and we'll obviously go through the songs and that. It's, there's not like uh, a. I don't recall after listening to it quite a lot the last week. I obviously listened to it many times before. I don't recall ever thinking this has got quite a sexually sort of like a sexual connotation in the lyrics or uh-huh. it being quite sexually charged. Um, so I didn't, if that is why they named uh-huh. it Hot Fuss and they knew that's what it meant, I don't think there's a relation between the album title and this, the actual theme of this songs. I know. I, there might be an example and I'll bring it up later on. Right, um, cool. but I, right. I'll, I'll, exp- I, I'll explain the sort of like my <laughs> rationale behind it. But I, no, nah, I never knew that. Yeah, we learn something every day, don't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking useless knowledge, though, isn't it? But <laughs> still, um, the track listing. So I'll just go through that, um, and just I'll just list off the songs, and then we can can just start talking about specific songs and um, <laughs> how we felt listening to it. So number one is um, Jenny f- was a friend of mine. Mr. Brightside, smell like you mean it. Somebody told me all these things that I have done. Andy, you're a star on top. Change your mind. Believe me, Natalie. Midnight show and everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. And I remember the version where, like, glamorous indie rock and roll, like the UK version, uh-huh. when that came out. So I, that was when it originally came out. But I'm, I always thought that was the last song on the album originally. But I remember having it on CD, but I so- don't think. I was just about to say that, according to um, Wikipedia, Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll is is an alternate bonus track. Uh But it seems to be a bonus track on every version of the album, so I don't know at what point it doesn't become. Uh Because the the UK and Australian editions, Uh it has it listed as number eight alternative track where Change Your Mind is, but on Spotify, when I listen to it there, it it was definitely the last song. And I think, I'm sure Change Your Mind was like, I, I can't remember Change Your Mind originally. I don't know if that was just added afterwards. But I, I'm sure it does, I'm sure, like the version I've got, I remember. It finishes with everything will be all right, which is a good way to finish it. But nah. And it's a cracking, it's an interesting lineup because I don't know what you felt like when you listened to it now compared to like, when you first got in it, well, I suppose I don't know if you want to take it back. So, when, like, what was your first sort of memory of the Killers? Would you say in this album? So, obviously, they they, they burst onto like the the charts quite mm-hmm. quite big in the UK, didn't they? Um, they did. They were but, bigger than they were one of those bands like from Jimi Hendrix to the Fun Loving Criminals that were bigger in the UK than they were in America. Definitely. Aye. So I did read a quote about Brandon Flowers saying that um, a lot of people think that they're British. Um, uh-huh. And he like they do they do actually come across as like a British band I think yeah and I think at one point I probably did think they were British because uh-huh. um, if you like hadn't heard them in interviews or stuff like that and just seeing the music videos and the way they kind of like conducted themselves and dressed you would be well within your rights to think they maybe were definitely but my first well the 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 mem- the, the first memory I can remember. <laughs> Was I was at one of my mate Joe, he was dead into them. Um, mm-hmm. and he had them on. We were around at his house uh, when he was staying with his dad, and he had the album on. Um, and had the speakers at the window coming into the back garden. And he was yeah. just like, we just literally he played that album 
like about four times in a row just on repeat. I don't know if I was just yeah. laziness because it couldn't be arsed going on and changing the CD <laughs> or yeah. or what, but I remember and just like us talking about like and there was songs so I'd heard I don't know what the I can't I don't know what the first single was, but like and this is that so a lot of people think it's Mr. Brightside, but I'm sure it was somebody told me, I think that was maybe released as a demo, Mr. Brightside came out mm. and then re-released. Somebody told me, I think I'm sure that rings a bell. Everybody thinks it was Mr. Brightside. There was like stuff saying that was like the best debut song of all time, but I don't think it strictly was. Like Oasis yeah. were like Oasis with Supersonic. Supersonic. I'm sure they released Columbia before that, like a cheeky. Wee I think you're right. I almost like a demo, demo. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but so I, uh, but technically speaking, I'm like Mr. Brightside. I'm sure somebody told me it was like the the, the unofficial first song from the Killers. Aye. So I hadn't heard all the songs. I'd only heard maybe like two of the songs that came out as singles at that time. Mm-hmm. So I do remember like hearing like Jenny was a friend of mine. Um, for example, for the first time at my yep. mate's house and just like being like dead into music. And it was my mate who was in the band with me for, for years, so we're both dead into music. Um, mm. Just discussing the album, like in the songs, going, fucking hell, that was a banger, that. That was like a, that was a great tune. Um, uh-huh. And then just kind of getting like into that album. And I think uh, before, obviously, this as well, before Spotify and stuff like that, did I get the CD? I, went, I think I ordered the CD. And I don't know where it is now, probably something on my dad's. But yeah. um I it was just like a great, it was just a great album that just kind of grew on me like after yeah. hearing it that one time. I, I must admit, and I know we'll get into it, but I there's like half of the songs in the album that I'm no that fussy for. It's one of those yeah. ones that I don't think it's quite like like just referencing there, like Oasis definitely maybe. Like every song yeah. on that is brilliant. Like every Mosley, song's a single. I like Mosley Scholes for Shin Every Another song well, is brilliant. And it's just uh-huh. like I I'm even though Hot Fuss is a great album, I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure it reached that level of like a complete classic album. I know. What about you? What about you? What was your first? For me, like because I was like, so I'll be a wee bit older, and I was well into like at that point, um, that was like the high end day, and then so when you're thinking about like or the height of like so at that point you would have had you would it would have came off the back of like Britpop in the 90s and then at the start of the noise it was like the strokes so straight away the strokes mm-hmm. were like sort of bringing it back mm-hmm. to America but sounding British and almost like looking British in a way as well or like that sort of thing where like they were Americans try to dress like British Aye. people who were maybe like inspired by Americans, you know what I mean? Like the sort of punk, so it was going backwards and forwards. So off the back of that, there was like, it was just a big explosion. At that point, it was like, well, Britpop imploded. Everything like indie and the start of the, the noise exploded in a positive way. And for me, I remember um, just, it was that thing where like everybody was going to Tina Park. Mm. Indie music came back into the mainstream. And uh, me and my wife, we had booked, to we'd booked a holiday to Las Vegas and it was New Year 2004, I think it would have been. Um, just bored of like Edinburgh and stuff. That's so say, like, let's go to Vegas and see what's happening. Booked it well in advance. And I think my wife messaged me to say, You'll never guess who's playing. I was like, Cool. She says, The killers, killers are from Vegas. So we were like, Right, we need to get tickets. We got tickets. We seen them play in Mandalay Bay. And it was like, Don't know if you've ever been, but like Vegas is mad. It's just, and it was a strange. Know sort of set up in which like big massive casino in a hotel and there was like a wee sort of pub where you could buy food then you went to see them and I, I can't remember actually the name of the venue Mandalay Bay but it was amazing and it was brilliant to see them but the funny thing That's was close. though from Vegas so imagine going to see like a band like Arctic Monkeys and like was it Sheffield they were from or do you know what I mean that type of thing where oh, you're yeah, seeing a band it. from like their hometown mm when they're like coming through but nobody in Vegas really knew who the killers were so we were there and we were like bouncing about that and folk were coming up to saying do you know who this band are we're like oh no they're massive in Britain <laughs> and folk were like we've never really heard of them and the, Vegas had turned its back on them because they recorded this debut album in LA so fake like folk from Vegas like the music seems like we're not really interested in you and it was yes. weird and it was weird but they, and it was really good so talking about like the title from Hot Fuss so and I remember it 
um, it would have been on top where Brandon Flowers was like um, like a handshake in the doorway. And he did like the sign like that as if like getting relief. And then when you're thinking about where they were at that time as well, um, I don't know, just because it was on the doorstep and all that. So but that's maybe where that came from. And there is maybe like undertones of that as well. And that time, like, there was loads of like guys wearing like mascara and stuff like that Aye. as well. And it was very much like, or sort of like the boy influenced what you've now got with like Sahari Styles as well. Sort of coming yep. back in another like almost like 20 years later. Um, but yeah, that, that, and for me, that was that. And they were amazing. And they're like, they're an amazing band. And Brandon Flowers is an amazing frontman. He's like one of the, I think he's one of the best because he can sing and he can perform. So he has a, got a great voice. He has got a, a, a fantastic voice. Um, and not like, I would say, and it's, it's a, a bad, com, not a bad comparison, but you, you can see the similarities with like Freddie Mercury was in a class of his own. But mm. that thing where like, they, they just go for it. And like, I never seen him in Falkirk and loads of folk were there, but they never like Aye. phone it in. Do you know what I mean? They never phone it in. No. They always give 100%. Because I remember like seeing Oasis towards the end of their career and it was just like, they just looked bloated and like, they just kind of looked bored. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. annoying that, but that, and that was the first, the first point. And for then it was just like such, and it was like every song. And but going back to that time when it was like singles, like you'd have like maybe three singles in an album. And like nowadays you never like, no. you know what I mean? There's like very much like the music industry split into singles, and it's split into albums. And again, you'll have like back to Harry Styles, a couple of people like that who can like sell singles and albums. But you look at like the number of albums in the charts, it's all like guitar, indie, bands. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like mm-hmm. singles, it's just like sort of pop music disposal, a lot of disposal pop music. Whereas back in those days, bands had the graft for that. Do you know what I mean? Aye, great band, Colors, and a great front man. And it's a great album. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I've never been overly into any of their stuff after the first album. Um, but we're mm. not here to talk about those albums anyway. We're here to talk about Hot Fuss specifically, uh-huh. um, the orgasm titled <laughs> album, <laughs> as we've as we've discovered. So the, the week that we've listened to the album, Neil. Um, uh-huh. Well, how did you find like listening to it? And in certain situations, did you like? Did you like? Couldn't you gravitate towards a certain song or a go-to song or anything like that? I think it's interesting the, the fact that you made earlier on because like when it first came out I never really noticed it and every song felt like a banger but then right. when you when I listen to it now it, it was definitely like a sort of penalty shootout where they're putting their five best players at the front you know what I mean and it is like when you look at that like Jenny was a friend of mine Mr Brightside smell like you mean it somebody told me all these things that I've done that's like an unbelievable and you think it like when you're listening to it like there's some good songs like Glamorous and They Rock and Roll and stuff like mm. that. Andy, you're a star, but there's definitely a, a change in um, a drop in memento, I would say. So when you listen to it, it's one of those things where it's maybe not as good as what like, so it's still good and there's still a massive impact, but it's it just sort of take you, you start to sort of question you like what was the impact when it you know like am I thinking of it differently and stuff like that it's an interesting way to like um put an album together like that way uh-huh. you, like you say just put all the songs up front because usually yep. like if I was comp- compiling an album and I was doing the sort of order I would spread out the best songs yep. I don't know my rationale for that would be other than you just like you're letting people get like if you're listening to the album, they're just kind of getting uh-huh. through the songs that you deem not as good to get to the next one. Whereas you kind of listen to those five songs and then like you say there's a bit of a drop off. And then yeah. it's just it's just a bit weird. I, I don't know like how many people would think back to that album and list off and a song. So you said list off any song from the Hot Fuss album and list uh-huh. anything be it past the fifth song yeah so i don't know if i don't know if if, if, you, if like just like you're saying there like you felt like did you feel like you listened to the first five songs and then kind of like maybe put something else on or uh, i would i would i'd listen to it all because you sort of feel like quite bad that you don't think of it as what you used to so i did listen to it all um 
and it just it just sounded a bit different towards the end of it. And you think even if you're like if you're visualising them live in that brilliant live band, and it's that like the first five just proper going for it, mm. and then it sort of drops down. And it's an interesting point about it, like the the listing of it. Like one one of the best ones, and it's like such a weird album. It like say is House of the Pain's debut album, Fine Malt Lyrics, where every, I think it's every second song is like a proper banger. And it's like, it's funny how, I think it's like maybe songs two, four, six, and eight, I think it is. And it, they're like well spread out. Um, but I, and as opposed to putting them all like right at the start, do you know what I mean? So it's like jump mm-hmm. around, top of the morning to you. House and the Rising Sun or Shamrocks and Shenanigans. It's maybe not the second song, but he definitely spread it out on that one, as opposed to just putting all the bangers at the start. And right. it's good because then it's sort of like it keeps you sort of like your interest going in that, and then it's like right here, here's a bit of low, but boom. Does it feel, feel a feel, feel inside though? Did it? Do you feel it? Because I feel like when I was listening to the album, I was it really lifted me, and uh-huh. like like we'll go into like the specific songs, um, yeah. but or some of the specific songs, but the first like five songs from Jenny was a friend of mine to all these things that I've done, it really like proper lifted me and made me yep. like, I was like ah, this. And, and throughout the week when there was a moment where I felt a bit shit, uh-huh. I would, it was one of those five songs I would go to yep. on Spotify and just fire it up. And then every time I listened to any song beyond that, or I tried to listen to the whole album start to finish, uh-huh. I, I did feel a bit like, I just didn't get the same buzz for the songs past no. the fifth song. So I don't know if I even And it's like a very, um, nah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's a very, when you think back to it, so if, if you think about like Stadium Rock, which like from the 90s with U2, and then you had like Radiohead with the, like the bands and stuff like that becoming like a mm. Stadium Rock, you know, one of those bands that can like sell at a stadium and they sound really good. And it's an interesting, I think Hot Fuss is interesting because half of it sounds like that stadium rock band, you know, like the first five songs. The other half sounds like playing at the Liquid Rooms, which is no disrespect to Liquid Rooms, but do you know what I mean? But it's sort of like that, almost like indie by numbers. Do you know what I mean? But there's still like hints, there's still like the the hints of quality. Like for me listening to it, and it was because it was like, it's probably, I've never really listened for a while to like, older albums it's always like newer albums that you listen for start to finish and then pick off songs put them on playlist and that so it was weird revisiting this and noticing it maybe wasn't as good and it's probably like a thing about life itself like when you look back um it's maybe not all it was cracked up to be like earlier on you, you tend to look through things with like those tinted spectacles mm. especially when it's maybe not like stuff isn't as good now as what it was back then. Do you know what I mean? So like back then, going to Vegas and stuff like that, whereas like now it would be like going on family holidays, because then it was just like me and my wife. Do you know what I mean? So it's that thing, whereas like you maybe don't notice those moments where it lulls, whereas now you sort of like, maybe like more of like the pessimistic person in me notices stuff like that. That, is, that like, makes sense. Uh, it does. Uh, it's, it's interesting because you've got more of a, sort of back like a stronger connection from the background to uh-huh. this album because of that experience you had in Vegas. Um yeah. and probably well it sounds like you probably listened to it more than I did, but I think it's still a great album. It wasn't like yeah. one that I profusely listened to. Um uh-huh. but I it is it is interesting that how it how it affects like you're saying there like oh you like the rose tinted specs uh-huh. and you're looking at this and you just wanting to like the rest yep. of the album because you uh-huh. did back then and you've got that connection right that like yeah. highlights the, the that connection between music and your memories and your experiences and yep. that bringing out a certain feeling in you like even now listening to that so like obviously accessing you're just kind of like opening the door in your brain to that uh-huh album and to those songs and the experiences that you went through and i yep. think it definitely speaks volumes that if you've got more of a a connection because of those past experiences that you either want to like it more or you do like it more whereas yep. I, I i genuinely it wasn't it wasn't at the point where it was a chore to listen to like on top change my mind believe me natalie midnight show um 
they're still they're still good songs. But I think, uh-huh. and I think it's almost like they made those songs seem worse because the songs, and that's going back to like the the order of the album, because yeah. the first five songs were so fucking like seminal, like, like yeah. anthems that it, uh-huh. most people know, like our indie fans would know. They almost made the, those songs seem worse. You know what I mean? Like because you've been you mean, given I... this, like they, they gave you this like caviar with these first five songs, and then no, that uh-huh. I actually like fucking caviar enough. But uh, <laughs> they, they gave you gave you caviar, and then came back with like I don't know a packet of mini cheddars. Um, ah, I don't know with mini cheddars either. But uh-huh. um, I, I I I do. It's it's just it is a it is a great album overall, but I just I think it is just missing that like it, glamorous indie rock and roll that it finishes with is a standout as well. Like that could have easily uh-huh. went along with that bank of first five songs. Um, yeah. And did they, did they release glamorous indie rock and roll as a single? I, I might have been like at that point, like the fifth single from it. I don't know, but uh, or like. I remember it being, it could have been one of those album tracks that just everybody was well into at that point, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, and it I'm was almost sure. like a cliche, like, you know, like, let's an indie band write about an indie song. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. very sort of, like, self-indulgent in a way, but they pulled it off. I thought they pulled it off. You said it was released as a promotional single in the United Kingdom. Because uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. sure I remember a music video for it as well. Um, I think so, I. Because... And he's like in a hallway. Ah, that rings a bell, aye. Uh, Brandon Flowers, but uh, anyway. Uh-huh. So, I I don't know. So I was just going to go and start kind of talking about like spe- more specific songs. Um, uh-huh. And as we've established... What's your favourite song? So Yeah, what would you say is your favourite song from my, it? My favourite song is probably... Well, it depends on the context mm-hmm. because musically, I think Mr. Mm-hmm. Brightside is the best song on the album. And yeah, like there's a reason why it went fucking global. And um yeah. and I think you said something about like a fact about it that it's been in the charts for what was it? Again? Yeah, it was like last year it was like two hundred it spent two hundred and sixty weeks or a whole or, or five whole years in the UK top one hundred. And it's like the longest, or it's the only song that's ever like reached that. Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol was the next, like longest wow. in the top 100, which is mad. Right, that that is mad. Um, and that, was that the UK charts, or was that UK charts? Yeah. Aye, aye. But even it's, it's still that's still mental. Um, so obviously, uh-huh. I think, but I think from especially in the last week, the song that I kept going back to that was that uh-huh. my favourite for bringing out. Or picking me up and bringing out some sort of feeling of, I suppose, the mental state I'm in just now, and I'm a, I'm a little bit down about stuff um, in my uh-huh. life. The one that I, that definitely brought me back up and made me feel better was all these things that I've done. Without a doubt, um, and I think it's the best. And I remember, like, I reckon it's maybe like songs of the, this, like century i think it's up there and i, I don't like i remember i don't know if you remember when it came out there was like two videos for it and one of them so at this point the whole thing where they were like like very much like a british band from america they recorded one and they had there was one where it was like in the desert and they had like sort of cowboy clips and stuff like that mm. but another one was in london and it was them like walking along a street and like shaking people's hands and stuff and oh, i remember ended. that in like a wee club type thing with like a gospel choir, like join them on stage. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you remember, Nike used it in a promotional, in an advert as well. Mm-hmm. And, it, and one of the clips was Oscar Pistorius running on his blades, which would have been like a really big thing at that time, obviously before all that happened and that. And it was just, <laughs> you know, the clips being like sports people, like, I don't know if it had the guy the British runner and I'm maybe making this up now, who was like carried over the line by his dad and stuff, but it was mm-hmm. just like really and it is like such like an inspirational song and, and if you think about the way it starts like totally like it just starts with like like chime like bell it's like sort of, is it cowbells or whatever like that just the, the chiming of it and then it builds yep. it up and um, and it's just unbelievable and it's whole thing where and it's that thing again going back to like queen freddie mercury radio gaga almost like it 
um, Live Aid. Do you know where the, where the the chorus and everybody everything kicks in at the end, and then it's like the vocals. So it dies down. The vocals come in, and then musically it comes in, and it's just unbelievable. And it is one of those. It is a proper like inspirational song. It's, it's like his um, um, vocals, Brandon Flowers' vocals on that song, is probably uh-huh. the best as well. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to. Aye, so it is like a chime that happens, and then he comes in with a when there's nowhere else to run. Uh, and he just kind of, and as it just, it builds so well. And I think that's, because uh, I'm, I'm quite a sucker for like a crescendo and like a something building up um, yeah. to like Anthem. So I've always been quite into like bands like Embrace and stuff that I've just, uh, Anthem really after good at Anthem. That. Really good at that. Yeah. Like, and, there's bands that know it when you do it, they do it well. And it, like yeah. Embrace are definitely one of them. Aye. And it, it's just that, it was that, it's that build up to that last bit where I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. And the, uh, the, the sort of the choir that's in it uh, that, that sings is it, it just makes it. And, it, I, and I, I've been trying to like consciously listen to the lyrics as well. Uh, and I think there's this like, a, especially the, the, the moods that I've been in the last wee while. There's just like this, and I think across the whole album, to be fair, there's a theme of hope. It's just like a kind of. It is. In, Even in Mr. The Brightside, the title of Mr. Brightside, yeah. when you listen to that, when you listen to the, the lyrics of that, or like read that, and it's a really sort of like off topic. I don't know if you remember it. There was like a, on T4 back in the day when everybody was watching um, Channel 4 on a Sunday mm. like morning, when it was like very much like youth television and they had a they had a reality show which was like sort of pop idol x factor mm. but it was like very much like t4 like alternative yep. and there was a guy a scottish guy called tommy riley who's now i remember like, that do you remember i mean do you remember when he did mr brightside on it and it was and the panel was was it paul morley i was going to say maybe but it was like alex james was alex james was definitely on it yeah warren laverne and i'm sure it was paul morley they're like the yeah. Writer. Maybe it wasn't, but somebody looked like him if it wasn't. Was that if his song it. in the end? Was it Give Me a Call? Give Me a Call. Yeah. That was what yeah. he ended up running with. He released it, didn't he? He did. But if you watch him do Mr. Brightside and the, and because he just strips it right back to him on a piano, mm. and it's like far, when it's quite like a, it's a really clever song. But yeah, now it's just like lyrically, they had oh. it like. Some of the songs were unbelievable, and Aye, the lyrics and some of them are, yeah, they're, they're second to and none. There's a bit of hope in that as well. And when you think about when, like, all these things I've done, so it's like somebody saying, like, I need, I need help here. Do you know what I mean? And there's a room for one more son. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like that. And that that whole the... I wanna, I wanna stand up. I wanna let go. I wanna, I wanna, uh-huh. I wanna. It's just that kind of like he wants, like, to me. And there's obviously as we've as I've discussed loads of times before, is that music's uh-huh. um it can be interpreted by like totally differently by different people and different yep. mindsets, right? But I think there is to me, and I think there is quite a strong case, and like based on what you're saying there, you you felt that as well, that there is uh-huh. just that kind of whole hope, I want to do something, I want to do that. Yeah. Um and it's and then there's like the whole because like I think smile like you mean it kind of has that as well. Like yeah uh-huh. just, smile and and even though you didn't feel like you want to smile smell you mean it and you might actually feel a bit better yeah um and like obviously you've got i've got soul but i'm not a soldier it's just like it yeah. kind of has that almost undertone as well of and i think brandon flowers n- knowing him know that know that i actually know him but no <laughs> no one thought I've, I've seen i uh, know i've seen of him he is that kind of person that isn't he scared to be different? Isn't he scared no. to be like, like I think we mentioned? Uh, um, I don't know if it was before we were recording or we started that like the, the makeup and stuff that he started, yeah, sort of wearing or that kind of Very stuff. Flamboyant looked, with the suits and stuff aye, like that, aye. which is something that like no, no many bands sort of do or that. Do you know what I mean? Just no. quite flamboyant. He's so I think it'd be very but... different. I think it'd be very different from what he would be like in real life because is he not like what is he not like mormon like really like religious and stuff like that i think that rings I'm a sure, bell i'm sure that's so he, and i think he's very far he's probably far removed from that mm. persona which is good because it annoys me when you see like bands and then you see them being interviewed 
and they're still trying to like carry that on like you know like the whole like stage persona there's like British indie bands and that you see them just now and it's like you mm. just no mention them in that but you see them and you're thinking they're just probably putting it on and you can imagine them like right away for the cameras away for everything else away for the public it's probably like it's double barrel names persona, and auction, stuff like that but I don't know I think he's really like I think he like they, they put it out on stage that's it but then after it you know like they're probably very much different Maybe it's like I hate the whole thing where it's like an act, an act, an act, an act, an act. But and they just keep uh, it going until like their personal life to become uh, just like a I know, but it's just like parody. Uh, I'll not mention names of the bands, but I uh, it, it does my head in because you're thinking you can't really be doing that all the time. Uh, you know, you, you're doing it for the camera more than uh, anything else. You know what I mean? It's good to do it at a point, but you just can't keep doing uh, it because. And I think that comes across in like the lyrics, and like I say, like he yeah. isn't he scared to basically. Like be that even even if he is pretending, right? Isn't pretending. Say he is. He uh-huh. doesn't. He isn't. Isn't scared to pretend to be that flamboyant. And yeah, it's okay to be because, like, especially all these things that I've done. Like I've done some stuff in my life that I'm not proud of. And mm-hmm. again, that hope thing with that song is that it just makes you think like, well, I've, I've done all these things and they're quite bad things, but um, yeah. like again, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I've got a soul, uh-huh. but I'm not like a robot is another way you can like interpret that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to make mistakes and there is hope that I can be a better person and uh-huh. and it's all right just to be normal or different. Yeah. Whatever you want it to be. Um, so I definitely think there is like a underlying sort of theme of hope there. Uh, mm. But, you know, <laughs> I was when I was doing a wee bit of Googling on this album, there's this like I came across this Reddit thread, and uh, and there was a part an article that that came out roughly about the same time. I don't know if it was based on the Reddit thread, but there's this theory by Killers fans that that this whole album is got like a story through it where there's an a guy who's narrating mm. through the songs, and he is in love with another guy called uh, Andy, which is basically uh-huh. Andy, you're a star. And uh-huh. uh, but Andy's got a girlfriend called Jenny, and ah. the Andy and this guy that's narrating apparently <laughs> the way they've interpreted it is they end up killing Jenny uh-huh. uh, and getting together. And Jenny was a friend of mine, is basically like on uh, like the, the like the police catching up with them, and then ah. going, No, no, Jenny was just a friend, don't know who like what happened there, ah. but. To me, it's a bit of a fucking stretch. Like, Almost like a concept album, but... Uh, aye, but Brent, Brendan Flowers, I think, has came out and said that... Like, I don't think he came out like to sort of dismiss that theory, but he has came uh, out and said basically what the album was about, and I think it was just like... Just kind of a generic thing about like him just discovering himself and... I don't think there was like an. It's quite interesting though because like someone this Reddit thread they had went through and like it's no, if you if you reorder the songs then chronologically the story is there, and uh-huh. uh, they went into each song and it was like this is what happens in this song and this is what happens in this song, almost like a script, uh-huh. and it, but uh-huh. some some of it was definitely like a massive stretch and you're just like oh, you're just making <laughs> you're just making things that aren't fucking there just like uh-huh. theory, right, but. Okay, who knows? Maybe I know. maybe Brandon Flowers did have a crush on a guy called Andy who had a girlfriend called Jenny. Who you knows? Never know. You never know. And some of it is quite dark. And what I remember about the time was there was stuff like I'm maybe going to get this well wrong, but like the Luke Mitchell case, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it was picked up. Sort of like the whole like Jenny was a friend of mine. That there was something that like Brandon Flowers like was aware of that case or something like I, I can't remember ins and outs but it was like they had a quite a strong connection like when like Scotland, I don't know exactly what so it's probably definitely don't quote me on it but there was de- there was like quite a a sinister do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like undercurrent to it when like Jenny was a friend of mine again that's such a great start and when you look like the lyrics for that are brilliant as well Aye. But yeah, and that is well, it is some of it's quite dark, but when it finishes, we're like everything will be all right. So it is maybe that thing where it's like whatever happens, do you know what I mean? Yep, will be everything will be all right. But even even like that, it's like the, the song titles have like that sort of hope thing as well. Like uh-huh. everything will be all right, and 
know, all these things that I've done smell like you mm-hmm. mean it. There is definitely I miss a bright side. Like yeah, that whole I mean, I, I, the lyrics are definitely about like a sort of relationship of some kind. But yeah. I think even then, it's like I, and I, I suppose that's maybe where the narration thing mm-hmm. is probably true because that song is like there's a guy who's in love with a man or a woman and they're having yeah like a good time with another man or woman and they're watching them and like, oh, fucking hell, I want to be that person and I've just got to kind of look on the bright side of this mm-hmm. uh, of some kind. So I, I definitely is a, an undertone there. And I, I definitely felt that when I was listening mm-hmm. to it. And I think there, there, there are quite a few songs that definitely get your your feet tapping um, yep. and make you feel a bit better because like i mm-hmm. was on the bus on the way so i had to start getting the bus because all the train strikes um uh, to work lucky you hi which is a joy <laughs> um it's oh. an extra like hour on in my my day um commuting but uh-huh. i was and i fucking and i honestly hate the bus because i always feel a bit sick and uh. i was i consciously i sat on the bus i put on the album from start to finish all the way up the town so it's about another journey so basically wasn't uh-huh. the whole album um and it definitely did make me feel better and just like looking out the window on the bus and just seeing people uh-huh. kick about and listening to, listening to these songs and trying to hone in on the lyrics uh definitely did pick me up uh uh-huh. less so in that second half of the album just being completely honest until it got to glam- glamorous and the rock and roll which um, uh-huh. I think's a cracking tune, and that definitely it is. is a good way to finish. Even though it is officially a bonus track, again, like listening on on Spotify, it is like basically the last one on, uh-huh. on the album list, uh, and that was that really kind of picked me up as well. But I, I I listened to it like doing loads of different stuff, just like try to kick about the house and uh-huh. out in the garden, and then obviously on and and work, and there was definitely. See, Mr. Brightside, I think, has been slightly spoiled by the amount of times that I've heard it, uh-huh. uh, and like every nightclub that you yep. ever go into, even probably oh, I've not been at a nightclub for a while. To be fair, um, not uh-huh. to the not to the lateness of when Mr. Brightside would come on, um, <laughs> and when my bed by half nine. Uh, <laughs> I think just that because it's just it has that sort of connection with that. It feels a bit weird listening to yeah. it, no being in that kind of situation. And then, like I say, it's been played on Spotify right now. It's got one and a half billion listens on deal, which is absolutely and the way it's crazy. Like crossed over in the mainstream for like even that, like weddings and stuff like that. You know, you know what I mean? It's that song that will get everybody up, like mm. functions and stuff like that. Which is crazy, and it's fair play to them because you can never imagine you were in a band. You know what I mean? If you were, if somebody was to say like one of your songs is going to be streamed at one point, one and a half billion times over, like you probably get they probably made like twenty p for that right enough. But do you know what I mean? But <laughs> but I like it because they still go for it. Do you know what I mean? And I know they they maybe don't like listening to this album, but there mm. is elements for which it's like it still means a lot to people. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Oh, I, like that. I can I can imagine this album like is a lot of people's favorite albums like ever uh-huh. it, it must be uh, and i'm a bit like stuck out on twitter and ask the question see if we get any bites but because uh, mm. it'd be interesting to see what other people think like listen to this album um because i know we know a few guys that went to see the colors and was it Falkirk they were playing recently Falkirk, aye. yeah and um that are and a, a few of the guys that i know that are, that are dead into the color uh, the colors mm. so it'd be interesting to see what their take is on it um is there anything like specific that you did in the last week that when you're listening to this that just really helped you get through it or i think it was like it's more so like reflective and looking back mm. and then it's sort of like remembering the times but it's maybe being realistic as well that not everything was as good as what you thought it was as well you know like would have thought the whole album was like a like like all killer no filler, I suppose. Like mm-hmm. pardon the pun, but um, and I, I think it's just that sort of realization. And I remember like sitting down with my son, saying like when he was into Star Wars, 
like the cartoons and I was like, let's watch the like the first film episode four, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Right, that's it. I, he's like, oh, we'll watch it, watch it. I was like, right, sit down and watch it. And I just remember watching it thinking, right, when does it get good? <laughs> and it's that thing where it's like, because it's totally different. Because when you're a kid, you're like that. I was like, when does the action kick in? Uh, when does like, how is it not like what I remember it to be? Which yep. was like, that. and that's weird because this is like an album for like 18 years ago or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like funny how it takes you back to that point. So I suppose there's loads of different things where like the album itself, loads of optimism in it. A wee bit sinister. But it's that thing where, like, everything, you know, it can work out. But it's the whole thing when you look back on it, it maybe wasn't as, like, rosy as, you know, it's like life. It's maybe not as, like, and it's maybe the situation that you're in. As you 2 says, and what was the song, God Part 2 and Rattling Hum, I don't believe the 60s was a golden age of pop. You glorify the past when the future dries up, which I think is a brilliant way to look mm-hmm. at. Do you know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, I remember the past was so yep. good. And even then, it's like, remember what it was like when we were, like, in Vegas or, like, 18 years ago that's just because of like what we're going through just now do you know what i mean so it's a, a good way to look at it but no. uh, it just made me feel like reflective appreciative of what's happened but maybe like realistic yeah i would say that that's what it made me feel yeah well that makes total sense and i i again we've came to the conclusion that so we both felt stronger towards certain songs on the album uh-huh. but coming at it from a different perspective so yeah like you're saying you've got that sort of reflectiveness and i, I suppose mm-hmm. there was a slight element for me um with like the they say all these things that i've done um uh-huh. and then just kind of reflecting on how like i've done some stuff i'm not proud of but it's all right yeah and that, that mm-hmm. kind of helped me reaffirm that um, something that mm. I've been trying to teach myself anyway but I think it's still interesting that we listen to the same album, the same songs but because of the past events and because of the mindset that we're in we were in currently while listening to it we have mm-hmm. kind of like a different take but the same Yeah, I know what sense. you mean I was looking at like the, yeah, like the same setting but getting a different like different meaning from it nah, that mm. does make sense Right, yeah, so no. I think it was a a great first album to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, we need to decide on what the next one's going to be. Um, and Too many we'll, choose. It's one of these things that this con this this sort of spin off concept, I think, uh-huh. will become more interesting the more albums we do because yep. we'll be able to start comparing how each album because there's going to be time, and this is. And it's completely valid that we're going to listen to some albums. I'm going to listen to some. You're going to listen to some that just does nothing uh-huh. for us. And we're just like, I know that's fucking shite. And especially if it's an album that you've never heard of before or that as well. Aye. But because that's going to be different for like for me relating to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's where the, the interesting part will come in where we, we kind of explore if we didn't have any past uh-huh. um, sort of ties to it. But then who's to say that? Because like hot hot fuss, for example, the first time both of us listened to that in full, we were like, "This is this is great, this is brilliant." And how many times a year somebody say, "I wish I could go back and listen to that for the first oh, time, totally. or go back and watch that for the first time." So hopefully uh-huh. we'll get some of those reactions. But again, it's uh-huh. to- it's totally valid if we don't, and yeah, it's all right to like. There's a chance that an album might actually make us feel like shit, and that's. Uh-huh. That's okay, and I think we'll just see ah. where it takes us, and if that's if that's what happens, that was that's what happens. Yeah. But I think this was a good, was good first album, um, definitely. And I definitely, I've put a few of the songs of the album again, the f- first five into rotation uh-huh. on my Spotify and into playlists that I had uh-huh. I'd kind of forgot about for a while. Yeah, um, like smell it, you mean it, um. Uh-huh. I, I forgot that that song was was uh, actually there. To be honest, I've uh-huh. listened to it for ages, so it was it was good to like revisit those songs, um, uh-huh. but not having any sort of past ties to them specifically, Connection. other uh-huh. than Mister Brightside and nightclubs, which is the only really one that I think, and everybody's <laughs> got that sort of that yeah, sort of tie to it. Uh, 
it was good to kind of explore those songs but definitely for me all these things that i've done um is is the one that's uh, it like nah totally agree with you I, I wonder if it would be good and this might be difficult when it's the first one but i wonder if from if we take it musically out of the equation uh-huh. and we think about the album of and the, and the week that we listened to it yeah how it made us feel or uh-huh. like can could we rate it could we rate it out of 10 to say i'm trying to think what the exact criteria would be the criteria would probably be uh-huh. it made us feel something and the strength of the, uh, making us feel that feeling would be mm-hmm. well like i would say for me a six out of ten i would say a seven uh, just that whole reflective manner but taking the positives from it looking back realizing that maybe things weren't as good as what you thought but it's like just being like more realistic do you know what i mean making the most of what you've got i suppose mm-hmm. not making the most of what you've got but like being like living more in the moment as opposed to living in the past when the past you know that's we need to look for like the killers nowadays yeah. or like you know what i mean yeah let's look for it now as opposed to looking keep looking back I let's look feel forward that. feel that definitely that was great Neil, mate. That was good. I enjoyed that. I uh, let, let's keep doing it. Like I say, um, for anybody listening, um, we'll try and do this every month. Uh, I've got uh, some guests uh, lined up for one-to-one interviews, like I did with yourself, Neil, um, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Just try to tie people down, well, which is uh, it's it's been difficult, but uh, I'm I'm getting there. So uh-huh. yeah, we'll pick our we'll pick, pick our next album, uh-huh. and we'll let everybody know what's what's when it's going to come and hopefully people start listening liking this and if anybody wants to chip in and has a specific album that they feel like would be great to do this kind of experiment on just let us know um and yeah. we'll definitely take into consideration we might tell you to fuck off but we might <laughs> we'll <do it> at <laughs> the same time so we'll see cool cheers Neil excellent Long play, long play, long play, long play Twisting your millions, long play Let it sing